so so the name of the podcast is Hanging with the Hutta Books, and uh, what that means is hanging with the king snakes, right? The king mm-hmm. snake is a, a very popular snake around here, you know. Uh, that's the name of our organization. Um, hanging with the Hanging Books is going to be a, a rotating slot. Um, we have a group called Hunt Books, and we have a, a various group of members, and uh, we're going to be uh, hopefully rotating through the slots, different people coming in, hopefully, and uh, hopefully uh, as time goes on, we can invite some guests, some different people sharing their perspective. Um, we're going to be all-inclusive, talking about different topics, about uh, what it is to be cultural, what it means to be Kutsan, um, you know, hurdles that we've dealt with. And, uh, and of course, tips and tricks along the way, um, and people that are doing things in their communities, hopefully. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe along the lines, we'll be sharing lots of media with you guys. Oh, yeah. If you want to hang with the Hana Pooks, just reach out to one of us or, uh, but all, all guests are welcome. You know, if you, if you want to have a topic you want us to talk about, you know, shoot us a message. Uh, we'd love to discuss it. If it's important to you, you know, it's important to us. Uh, we want to bring this community together. Uh, it's time that Fort Yuma, you know, puts itself back on the map. Uh, there's, there's a lot of work to be done. All right. It's February 18th. This is the Hunapuka. I got Willie White, Andre Pope, Jesses Glanty. Chris. Chris. Just Chris. Just Chris. He wants to just Chris. <laughs> he didn't want to reveal his last name. We didn't want to press it. Want some level <laughs> What are we going to discuss today, Willie? What do you want to talk about? Well, I think one of the, the pressing issues uh, coming off this last weekend, uh, there was a gathering out up at uh, Indian Pass, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, want to know more about it. There's a lot of interest. You know, we've been kind of ourselves, the Hanapooks, you know, taking our time out there, you know, since last year. Uh, we had a little gathering out there over New Year's, which was, you know, very, very special. Uh, you know, just to be there uh, definitely, you know, is there's a reason for it. And so, you know, last weekend, there was a group of uh, Quetzans, Kumyais, and uh, and non-natives that were out there gathering, and they were uncovering all kinds of, you know, evidence of destruction already. Uh, a lot of people don't know, but, uh, you know, we're all familiar with this core mining that's uh, trying to revive an old land uh, mining claim that they, that they are trying to revive from a, a gold mine that the Fort Yuma Quetzal Indian tribe stood against, you know, what was it, 20 years ago now. And uh, we actually got a ruling through the, the United Nations uh, to protect that site. And, um, and it's just, it's, you know, they're brazen. And the only way to, you know, to fight back is to, to show that, you know, these are still our lands and we still use them. So I think that's, an, a, you know, an important conversation for us to, to start, a, start talking about and, you know, get people to pay attention to. Anybody uh, here want to say why we go by Hunter Pucks or how we came together as a group? We were having a Karuk ceremony, and uh, we all got together. It was John Ray, Willie, Lori, and Preston, and, uh, oh, Tomas. Can't forget Tomas. <laughs> well, anyways, we got together, and uh, we are just joking around, like, hey, we need to make, put a name to ourselves. And um, I forgot who, who was it who came up with the name. Do you remember? I think it was you. No, I don't think it was me. It was someone else. What does the what does the Hanapuk mean? Oh well, anyways, English. the Hanapuks mean king snake, right? King snake. Yeah, they can defeat uh, rattlesnakes. The black, white, and red snake. Yeah, black, white, and red. Sometimes I, the only ones I see are I'm usually see are the black and white ones. 
But uh, like Chris was saying, I, you know, one of the reasons why we chose that as our, you know, our mascot, for lack of a better term, is because uh, because it has the power to defeat the, you know, the rattlesnake, the boy, the poison. Somehow, some way, you know, that's what that's what it eats. And so, you know, we protected ourselves by joining up under the name of the Hanapuk. Uh, so that we would have that same protection because we all know that there's, you know, plenty of snakes out there with their own sources of venom. And if we can find a way to protect ourselves, you know, we'll be better for it. And it seems to have worked out, so we've stuck to it. The, you know, the original group, uh, like he was saying, you know, was uh, came together around the, the Karuk ceremony. And uh, as we progressed, you know, more people came came forward to participate. You know, we got a lot of help from the Kumyais. Uh, we had Dan Murphy, you know, was one person that came on real strong. Um, you know, Steve Benegas was another person that, you know, helped out a lot coming from Verona and, uh, Junior Paul Cuero, uh, Dr. Junior Paul Cuero, uh, he also, you know, was there as well. And, uh, every time we got, you know, real serious with, uh, having to, you know, need more manpower, it just seems like they always came through and, you know, whether it was collecting materials for, you know, the ceremony in the future or just moral support, you know, keeping us all going, uh, they were there for it. And that's that's what the Hanapuks, you know, was created for, so that we could all kind of lean on each other. Now we're just trying to preserve uh, whatever we can in the culture and language and probably songs, too. Uh, everything dis- is disappearing right now, and we can't really do nothing about it, but we're trying our best. I was going to say, it was a long process, um, just learning about it in general, I guess I think all of us would say. Um, I came in too not, or not too far into the early stages of it before the actual, I think, learning started to take place with Lori Kachora. And the, oh, and I um, want to say my name. I'm Zion White. I don't think I said it. When I, when I introduced everybody else, <laughs> introduced myself now before we get too deep into this. But, um, yeah, it took, what, eight months collectively probably learning uh, culture, history, language, uh, collecting like raw materials, like Tomas and Willie coming out with us, and Dan with uh, with their chainsaws, you know, and helping us chop dead cottonwoods and bringing them back here to uh, Preston Preston Arrowweeds Ranch, our, all of our you know all of our relatives. So long journey, long process, but you know I think we're all that much more closer as a group, and you know I uh, think elevated as just you know Kutan people in general from from it, but. Yeah, and just to kind of retrace the timeline, so we we did the the ceremony, the Kruk ceremony uh, in October, uh, which is you know they it became more or less referred to as the harvest ceremony uh, later on, you know before you know we we got involved with it, but it hadn't been done in what was it seventy eighty years something like that. I think you're not seventy. Seventy years. So, you know, it, it stopped for a reason, and uh, I think we all, you know, going through it can, you know, agree that I think one of those reasons why it wasn't carried on is because it's a lot of work. Yeah, that was pretty struggle. Times have changed. Everybody in them days had to work, provide for their family, and then doing something like that. It was very important to the Kutsan people, but when you think about it, you know, it's a long process that takes takes sacrifice. Not a lot of people could do that in them days. Nowadays, it's a lot easier because, you know, we take time for for funerals. Other times, you know, you accumulate enough hours, you can say, hey, I'm calling in on this day. PTO, all that good stuff. Um, I was going to say, you know, Lori and Preston also, like, reiterated back in the, um, before when it used to be done, 
that you, you would have to come together as a group. And it was this is typically a group of men who would initiate the starting of the ceremony that would say, you know, hey, we need to we need to do one. Um, and I think we kind of figured all of that out, uh, you know, trying to make it happen and stuff. Uh, I know we all did stuff individually on our own, but a majority of, you know, the time we had to come together as a group and things were done as a group together, you know, and it was uh, it was nice. I would say it was hard, but it was nice, you know, you know, being there with all of all of you, my fellow Quetzons and stuff, all of us, you know, being out there making it happen and glad we did it uh, to fruition, you know, I think, like I said. I saw something we're all proud of, yeah. I gotta say, I struggle with the not eating the salt, <laughs> and I freaking love salt, and that was freaking tough. Yeah, um, Even fasting, man. I myself, uh, you know, <laughs> you say fasting is an easy thing to do, or some people, some might say, you know, when they actually might have to do it, but you know. Uh, me myself, I eat three meals a day and I eat meat every meal, you know, so having <laughs> to just stop, it's not an easy thing to do for, you know, eight days or, you know, the, got the little shakes all of that. Ah, yeah, it's just, gonna kill you. <laughs> it's, you know, but I'm glad we all stuck to it. All of us, you know, did did stick to, to it together and stuff. And I think we're all, you know, like I said, stronger from it, you know, it's something all an experience, you know, that we all got to do together. So it's, it's awesome. So if you want to support the Hana books, uh, you can reach out to Mutt Peepaw Foundation and uh, make a contribution. Uh, it'll keep this podcast going and, uh, you know, help us buy some more uh, modern equipment. Uh, obviously, we have, you know, enough to get it going today, uh, but the more the merrier, and we want to keep it going. So uh, pay us some support. We would be very appreciative. So there's a little debate, too, about the fasting uh, uh-huh. in terms of, you know, what is fasting, right? And in Kutsan, you know, our way, you know, we've heard different versions, but more or less it's, you know, just you remove the the items that you would consume that are, you know, that are like luxuries or like salts, like he's saying, salts and peppers and, you know, things like that, fats and sugars. So basically that leaves us with, you know, boiled potatoes and, you know, steamed vegetables and boiled beans. And, you know, I did throw some rice in there because I like the wild rice, even without the salt. But that got us through. And, uh, you know, in order to, to be able to do it for the four days of the ceremony, one of the things that, you know, when we were meeting, I don't know if you guys remember, but we started fasting once a week, you know, as a group. And that was, you know, the first time for a lot of us to, you know, start doing that. And, you know, we kind of got into it, you know, it was like every Thursday, I think was the day that we chose that we were going to be fasting. And, you know, our significant others, those of us that had them were helping us, you know, maintain that fast. And, you know, it was, it was a support. And, uh, if you can remember back last year, you know, it's it's still going on this year, but that was the onset of COVID and there was a lot of uh, you know, a lot of distractions in our in our, you know, normal world and our normal lives. It was kind of nice to have this, you know, even though we weren't all together every single day when we were fasting, we knew I knew that Chris was fasting. I knew that Jesse or Dan or or Zion or Tomas was fasting and you know, that helped me, you know, stay, you know, stay true to it myself. So, you know, you could just see the power of, you know, having you know, each other to rely on and, you know, where that strength comes from. I think in the early months, uh, a couple of us might have uh, slipped up. Not, yeah, <laughs> not stuck to the fast on the one day we were doing it a week, but I think we all got on track, you know, the months later. But in the early months, I know it was a struggle to even do one day or consciously remember, you know, don't crack a soda or don't crack a pirate and you know, take a sip of it, you know, just things like that. But what about you, Andre? Did you cheat? 
No, but uh, I did fail on my first day, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is when you weren't like really on board yet. I remember. But uh, <laughs> I remember I was fasting, and he made a, an oven pizza, Ooh. and I could smell it from the other room. Damn. And then once I smelled it, I like I started getting the shakes, like how you were saying earlier. And I was like, I can't. I was like, <laughs> so I went in there, grabbed myself a slice, and I was like, oh, I feel bad. It didn't help that I was like Emperor Palpatine. That was a good. Yeah, and he was egging me on too. The corrupter. There might have been some real early morning like breakfast on my end too. <laughs> I know, maybe not twenty four hours, but, just, but but yeah, that was the only day that got me. That one day after that, of it, it was easy. Uh, yeah, to me, well, to me, I, I think it's just because, you know, I I grew up like that. You know, once you lose somebody, you're supposed to fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even then, you know, like that fasting process is always iffy because people say, no, 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 it's before, no, 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 it's after. As long as you do it, that's my thing. But it's easy, uh, especially if you, you know, you know, you you keep your mind busy, read something. In the older days, you didn't watch television, no music, no nothing. But nowadays, I think everybody kind of just said, well, TV is okay. Because it does kind of help, you know. Yeah. You know, you're sitting there, you're watching a movie, some TV show. And you're like, oh, dang, you know, kick his ass. Or, or you know, like, he didn't die. Oh, well, get him next time. You know, you, you get invested into it, and then you kind of forget. So, you know, you're sitting there, you're drinking your water, your tea. Or if you're crazy, black coffee. You mm-hmm. know? But to me, it was it was always easy. Just... Later on, I think when just to just do it that one day, I was like, "Yeah, I can do it." And then after a while, I was like, "Turkey sandwich sounds really good." <laughs> I was like, "What's this on my phone, Mister G's?" There you got me itching. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it it is kind of easy, keyword kind of. But I think as I got a little bit older, I'm just I'm like, okay, now I fully understand everything. I'm not that much older, but I kind of have a better understanding. Back when I was younger. How old are you now? Like 50? Easy to know. I'm hard to most. Preparing help, though. So since it's yeah. all uh, kind of, you know, vari- varying uh, opinions or, you know, stories about why and what and, you know, how it all, like what you're, how you're supposed to fast. But why? What's the, what's the purpose of the fast? You're giving it up. You know, you give up something. You know, you pure yourself. Of all that, whatever you eat, you know, you're you're going in, you're going into fast. You say, okay, I'm going to abstain from these things. And believe it or not, in the older days, you weren't supposed to come alone. Oh, man. <laughs> Chris. Damn. I think but I felt that. You, you know, but I remember that because we had a meeting with uh, Preservation. It was when they were working on the, the funeral booklet. Mm-hmm. And... I was like right when I first got there, and I thought it was really neat. All these elders, some of them who aren't even here anymore, they were all there. They said, you know, you you know, you know, do this, you do that. And they did ask questions, you know, like, are you supposed to, you know, are you supposed to yin? Can you? I said, no, you know, you're supposed to be pure. You know, like, like let's say, you know, you lose your cousin, you were really close. You give all that up just just so that way, you know. It kind of shows like you that person meant a lot to you. That's what one elder said. They said, you know, you're giving something for that individual. In the olden days, it was the hair. Mm. Nowadays, you know, 
we all have different hairstyles. But that was one thing was to fast. Purify yourself. Smoke yourself out. But, you know, you're supposed to do that as a singer. You go in, you sing, you don't do that no more. Nobody does that. Mm -hmm. Even when you dance clothes, like the ladies, you dance. They're, you know, it's kind of like the like the mm. You know, you're moving that person, giving them their last dance. Mm. And, you know, it's like that. But they don't do that no more. They don't want to do it. Some of them just say, ah, it's too hard. Or I have diabetes. Mm -hmm. Even a simple one-day fast would, would suffice. Elders have said that, but again, in the end, they just said no. I know we're guilty. I mean, we've been singing at, you know, various funerals for a decade with Uncle Preston. And, uh, you know, I'd always ask him, you know, are we supposed to fast? And he would, no, no, you don't need to. And for him, you know, maybe he didn't. But I kind of look back, like, you know, going forward, you know, for myself, I feel like, you know, even if he's not fasting, uh, you know, I think I should uh, just because of the way that I feel. You know, I feel like I am... You know, I'm removing desire. I'm letting that desire go. And I think that's kind of what you're you're getting at, you know, or what, you know, our elders are teaching us is that you have that desire, you know, to, to exist in this other world, right? And you have to let that desire go so that you can, you know, come back to the, you know, to this, to the, the Kutsan world and, uh, and and do what we're supposed to do. I know, uh, personally, I found, I know culturally it's been said, and I think across cultures too, that fasting's, uh, you know, been found or show that, you know, brings a clearer mind, you know, doing things. Uh, I know we talked about recently, we all had to do a fast for a recent, you know, uh, community member that passed away, tribal member. And uh, after, you know, eating a couple big meals, you know, we felt tired or drained or, you know, wanted to take a nap. <laughs> so I think it, you know, leaves room or leaves you open to do more things or be more energized, you know, eating less and, you know, being focused. I haven't noticed that it, it has an impact on me as far as dreaming. You know, like uh, when I when I eat a big steak, like I, I I didn't notice it, but I you know I don't I don't I sleep so soundly. You know, my body is spending so much energy on digestion that you know I'm not dreaming. But when you're fasting, your mind and your body is like, you know, it's alive, yeah, and it's clear, and you know, all of a sudden these dreams start coming, and you know that maybe they don't make, mean anything, but maybe they do. You know, in the old ways it did. Mm -hmm. It tells you. Tells you what's what. But one of the things was in them days too, you're not supposed to tell. Because when there was a family member who who did that, said, you know, what does it mean? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming of this. And what it was was they're catching uh, fireballs, meteorites, catching them. <clears throat> said, you know, what does that mean? Said, you're not supposed to say that. Said, why? You could have cured something. We don't know what it was, but you could have cured it. I'm like, oh. And that's what they used to say was if you wanted, like, if you didn't want it to come true, you tell your dream. So, like, if you jumped to something, like, real awful, you know, tell somebody so that way it doesn't come true. But if you want it to come true, you don't say none. Mm -hmm. That was the old way. I kind of grew up like that, more on the, I guess you could say nowadays, the more superstitious side. That Well, that was our, our whole existence was superstition. Mm-hmm. But, again, times have changed. Some stuff does make more sense. But at the same time, you know, you hear other things. It makes sense when you know when you know that story or this story. Why we do it this way, you know? It gives you a better understanding, from my point of view anyways. 
For sure. And taking it back to the, you know, the context of Indian Pass and, you know, that gold mine and all that stuff, you know, some of the sites out there, uh, you know, there's trails and they call those trails, you know, we've, I've heard them be called the dream trails. And, you know, obviously, you know, dreams mean a lot to the Quetzal people and, you know, to our, our ancestors and relatives, you know, in the neighboring tribes. And, you know, it's our job to protect those those artifacts and those, you know, the existence that they're there. Not so that we can go out there and run those trails. That's not what we're supposed to do. But, you know, we can acknowledge that they exist. And, you know, who knows, maybe maybe someday, you know, someone's out there and, and you know, understands what those dreams mean, like Jesse's saying. Um, but, you know, if if we let these companies come in and just bulldoze over them or, you know, the ATVers go down there and do their donuts all over them, you know, you can bet that those dreams are gone. I mean, there should be none too. You know, like um, the those trails will be used uh, after you know after we go as individuals. Um, we use them as as we're here on Earth. You know, as our bodies, our vessels that hold our spirit. You know, are using them when they go. Those trails st- will still be here. You know, we're still walking the same Earth. Our spirit, even after we're gone, our spirits on on the same Earth, and we we rely on those trails to be there still. You know, to to help us walk, to help us find paths. You know on you know uh, to and from you know but all important things to protect yeah it put it brings us together you know they say that trail that starts you know around in this area Vicolol, that dream trail on the the west side of the river goes all the way up to Vicome, you know and uh, that's our creation mountain and so you know like like zion saying you know, absolutely. It may not even apply to us in this life, but in the afterlife, you know. We're going to need them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the Hanging with the Hana Books podcast. You can find new content on YouTube under Hana Book, X-A-N-A-P-U-K, or on your favorite streaming service under Hanging with the Hana Books. Feel free to message any of us on your preferred social media as well.